0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Oh, Luna, how do you get so
1: To Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. Why We Are Here is a portal of heartfelt communication designed to inspire you with expansive words, of wisdom, personal insight, and open candor from luminary guests around the world. Now, here's your host, Sharon Rose Washington. Hello,
2: and welcome to Why We Are Here. I'm your host, Sharon Rose Washington. You've now entered into that comfortable atmosphere where luminaries from around the world join us to share their contributions, findings, and opinions on why we are here. My guests today are the illustrious Dr. Stacy Brightman, Los Angeles Opera's Director of Education and Community Programs. Later on in the show, joining us is innovator Eli Villanueva, LA Opera's Education and Community Engagement Resident Director. Also, in the last segment, is a young, radiant opera soprano by the name of Summer Hassan. LA Opera's Doctor Stacy Brightman's responsibilities include, but are not limited to, developing new programs, supervising in-school and community opera, and partnering with schools, community organizations, and volunteer groups to provide opera programs that currently reach more than sixty thousand students, teachers, and families each year. Opera is among the most complex. And powerful forms of music, it is an emotionally charged source of entertainment for people all over the world and has been around for centuries. Opera singers are known for their dynamic voices and use of a multitude of singing scales and tools to narrate a tale known as a libretto. May I introduce l a operas Dr. Stacy Brightman
3: Thank you so much for having me on the program, Sharon, and thank you for that very kind introduction
2: oh you 're welcome. welcome to why we are here. Your dedication, uh, uh, Stacy, and your contribution to the arts is phenomenal. So just know that today we're celebrating you, Eli, and uh, and Summer. Oh, thank you. Now, I mentioned you provide opera programs that currently reach more than 60,000 students, teachers, and families. What is your motivation, Stacey?
3: Well, uh, I'll tell you. In some ways, it's quite simple, um, and, and it's quite personal. Um, I will tell you that... I grew up here in Los Angeles, and, and my mom was a single working mom. We, You don't realize sometimes until you look back on it, but frankly, we were living in poverty, and we had very little. We didn't own a car, but my mother uh, had these this extraordinary intuitive understanding that if you can give a child an education and a love and knowledge of the arts, that quite literally the world was theirs. They could go anywhere in the world. The world was open to that child. And I think she was ambitious enough for me, and she was clever enough to find every free opportunity, every low-cost opportunity possible to make sure we were there. We might be taking a bus, and we might be sitting in the very last row, but we were there, and we were part of what was magnificent and what was beautiful and what was challenging. And that just completely shaped my mind and my soul, I would say. Um, So I owe my heroic mother everything, and it really has shaped my, my personal and professional motivation my whole life long. This notion that, again, when we can share a love and knowledge of the arts, uh, it, the world just opens up, uh, horizons open up for all of us. And it doesn't have to be a child. And you can, start, you can start to become educated and to participate in the arts, of course, at any age. That's another part of the beautiful thing about it. And so that's what really has been my, um, my personal Personal story, and and here I am, lo these many years later, still doing it, and still trying to try to make my mom proud of me, and trying to share what she did for me for as many many hundreds and thousands of families as we can, as part of La Opera's wonderful mission.
2: Well, I know your mom is proud of you, and we're all (laughs) proud of you. I can I can hear the passion in your voice, and and um, Stacy, I was told that your mission was to advance and promote um, opera art form and that you, in, you kind of like wanted to have all, I don't know how many, 10 million people or more in, well, in, in L.A. County but That's right. We
3: only have 10 million people, so I still have my work <laughs> cut out for me. And I'll actually tell you the truth, too. We, we reach about 60,000 students a year, but when we add in all the family members, we're, be- we're actually up to about 160,000 right now that L.A. Opera serves every year. And you're right, the, the mission of LA Opera is to preserve, promote, and advance the art of opera in a way that is unique to Los Angeles and embodies the pioneering spirit of Los Angeles. And then to add on to that, the vision we have is of an engaged community where everyone has access and participation in the art form.
2: What can we do? What can we do and why we're here to support that that vision and to help make it happen.
3: Well, you're already doing it, and by inviting us to be on the program with you, which we so much appreciate. But also, it, it's this notion that um, really it's much easier than anybody likes to think. You know, people have the stereotype that opera is somehow scary or that it's somehow elitist. Enjoying opera can be and is as easy as going to a movie. You don't have to know anything about a movie before you go and see it, and you can enjoy it, and your opinion is valid on it. Opera is the same way. It's an experience that will include characters and emotions. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't like this part. Maybe this part surprises and delights you, but anybody's response to it is perfectly valid and wonderful. I think the only thing we would ask is, give it a try. You know, don't be don't be hesitant. Don't think it's something for somebody else. Um, don't be intimidated by it. That's for darn sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel it's going through a transformation, uh, opera?
3: I you know I I really do uh, in a couple of different ways. Opera, opera was a very popular art form. And the reason it, it was popular for hundreds of years was because it's the combination of all the other art forms. If you like a great story, opera's got great stories. It's, it's theater. If you happen to love beautiful music, well, guess what? We've got beautiful music, too. And even if you liked dance or if you liked great costumes and spectacle, no matter what art form might be the doorway for you, Opera had it. And and so, again, it has literally something for everybody. It, it includes all of the other art forms. So for hundreds of years, it was quite popular. And then in a kind of a, a strange irony, actually, that we can sometimes point to, you know, opera was sort of uh, its own worst enemy for a while, the movies were born. And when you go to the movies... In a funny way, you owe a lot. Of, the movie-going experience owes a lot to opera. That notion, you know, when you think when you go to a movie and you have that beautiful music underscoring um, all the action, and the music helps to tell you what you should be feeling or you know what's ex- what the characters are experiencing. Well, that's based on an operatic experience, and I think movies became so popular and so easy that, weirdly. Opera started to be seen as somehow harder and more elite, which it had never been in its history. The fantastic irony right now is opera is being embraced by young people because it is kind of, it's different and it's out there and it's a different experience than what they're used to. Maybe movies and some of the other and television have become, eh, you know, an easy thing. And some in a funny, weird way, opera has become kind of different and strange and something that's really cool and appealing to all of the senses um, for young people. And I'll tell you one other funny thing: when I tell people that my job is to, you know, to to share opera with families and everybody, and and particularly with young people, they always think, "Well, gosh, isn't that hard? Isn't that hard to get kids interested in opera?" They are the easiest audience. They are absolutely the easiest audience because for kids, story and music naturally go together. They, they get it right away. It makes complete sense to kids. So they're the easiest audience to bring into the art form.
2: That's true. And, and what is it that you want mainstream media uh, to know about the arts?
3: Well, I would love it that if we could start to change some of the perceptions you know of the uh, again the, the fat lady singing or that it's somehow intimidating or that you have to be wearing you have to be dripping in jewels uh golly here in Los Angeles uh you can be wearing you, you can go to an opera performance and you might see somebody in a ball gown but you also might see somebody in jeans and and uh you know their their, their comfy sweater and you know what that's fantastic Whatever you're comfortable in is great, and that's what you should be wearing to the opera house.
2: Would you say you have a, a key motto to live by, Stacy? A key motto? Oh.
3: <laughs> yes, I would say that... Um, it's it's kind of a funny thing that we, we joke around about, but we're also quite serious about, you know, that we're going to uh, make the world safe for opera, you know, that we're going to save the world with opera. And there is, in that funny kind of rallying cry of my colleagues and I, uh, a real truth that we have a, a missionary zeal about this, that I think anything that can touch a person's heart and soul and mind and that can make the world a richer place, a better place that can connect us to other people, not only in a different part of the world, but even maybe from a different time. And when you're listening to music, for instance, when you're listening to Mozart's music and those characters, you're in the same moment in a sense. You're sharing the same moment with people who lived 200 years ago. And what a magical, transformative Miracle that is, and uh, and so we are quite serious about it. We have uh, this kind of religious zeal about what we're doing because I, I really think we make the world a better place by having the arts be a part of everybody's lives and lives, and having and, and having more people have access and engagement with the arts. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I have I have one of the world's greatest bosses, Placido Domingo, is the general director here uh, of La Opera. And when I first came to the company uh, many years ago, and I was interviewed um, by Maestro Domingo, we were talking, and and uh, and he was sharing some of his ideas. Boy, you never met anybody more passionate uh, about about what the art can do for somebody's heart and soul. And uh, and he said, you know, and he stopped, and then he said, you know, this is the thing. How can we expect people to love our religion if we don't invite them into the church? And I, I'll take that as part of my, my motto and my rallying cry, too, that, you know, this is my job. It's to throw open the doors, to throw open the windows, um, to make it easy for people to just fall into this art form.
2: Beautiful. Are you living your dream? Would you say that you're living your dream? Still? I am
3: absolutely living my dream. Um, again, I have, 10 more, I have 10 million more people to complete my dreams. So. <laughs> uh, my dream is bigger than me right now still, but I'm still living it. I'm on the journey to my dream.
2: Beautiful. We're going to have to take a break for a commercial, but we'll be right back with LA Opera's Dr. Stacey Brightman. And hopefully joining us is Eli Villanueva. If you'd like to reach us at Voice America's Why We Are Here to let us know what's on your heart and mind, then kindly email us at Sharon at Why we Are Here info. And if you have any questions for today's guests, uh, do that as well. Thank you.
0: the home of the top life coaches entrepreneurs and success drivers the voice america empowerment channel
1: wouldn't you love to experience formidable personal transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent vitality and abundant well-being Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity, heightened intuition, and radiant fulfillment. To contact visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment, call 323-960-5167. Or email Sharon at whywearehere.info for a free introductory consultation. For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services, please call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-HEAL. It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live.
2: We're on the cutting edge of social media.
1: Can you keep up? This is the home of the top light coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Welcome back to Why We Are Here. With empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, please send an email to Sharon at whywearehere.info. That's Sharon at whywearehere.info. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Why We Are Here. We are back with Dr. Stacy Brightman, Director of LA Opera, and joining us is Eli Villanueva. Hi, Eli. Hello. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Thank you for joining us. We talked with Stacy earlier, and she talked about the beginnings of everything, her mom and, and just the motivation and all. Talk to us about what motivates you and share with us your background.
4: Well, I suppose... I started off, uh, in rather humble beginnings, um, I was taught a little bit by my mother with ear training, and along with my brother, she was teaching us how to sing in harmony. This I think my brother was maybe four years old, and I was five, and uh, we were singing together, and over a few years, uh, we were asked to join a boys' choir. And that basically helped us get out of a, a rather low-income uh, environment in which um, we started to really aspire to be classical musicians, and uh, my brother and I both became singers. Um, my brother motivated me to, to actually seek a career as a performer, as an opera singer, and uh, once I stepped into the role of opera singer, I don't think I ever really left the, the The world, I I think I just kind of of like stepped further into it and found all different sorts of ways to express myself in this operatic world that we live in.
2: That's beautiful. Did you and your brother, you co-composed The Marriage of Figaro?
4: We actually, uh, yes, he's the librettist and wrote the story of uh, Marriage of Figueroa, and I connected Mozart's music along with the story that um, uses uh, Jose Figueroa, governor of Northern California back in 1835, uh, connecting the story so that we can also tell the story of Marriage of Figueroa through the, uh, this kid's story.
2: That's fantastic. Now, what exactly inspired you and, and your brother? Your brother's name is Leroy?
4: Yes. Okay um we we were actually inspired by um like we do in the educational outreach we we let the first connection to the classical world for the kids be with real live opera singers. And as my brother and I started singing, we had the opportunity to perform with New York City Opera as some of the children within their productions. And that's where we first came in touch with opera singers. Uh, I, I remember Catherine Malfatano being Mimi in La Boheme with New York City Opera. And I just we both fell in love with opera at that point just because of the opera singers that we were surrounded by and, and connected to and listening to them sing and listening to Julius Rodell as he's working with the musicians. And we were just enthralled and just sucked into this world. And and that just kept the motivation going. And, and we've competed <laughs> for, for roles, and, and my brother has really excelled to a phenomenal level, and um, we, we just we, we couldn't leave.
2: What is it like, because I'm, I'm told you just came from something with young people, what's it like to see their faces and to hear their feedback on enjoying uh, the work that you do?
4: We try to make this as fun as possible, and so um, I suppose when when they come in contact with us during our workshops and we are teaching them the music and teaching them the the staging of the production, we keep this fun. We keep it lively. Um, we act like kids ourselves. I think um, seeing us uh, trying to show them how to be a child on stage. Uh, allows them to to have fun and as they start to meet the professional singers especially on a day like today where we have a performance they get to see the singers and Uh, they are just as playful, they are just as accessible, Uh, they allow them to laugh and everybody is laughing all at the same time, and then we create a highly polished, uh, very intense and professional production that they get to be a part of. And the smiles, sometimes they are so enthralled that it's very difficult for them to focus and concentrate on their job because they really want to see what's going on on stage. Uh, But we really work with them so that they can learn how to come back to focus so that they can be a part of the storytelling that enthralls the students that are in the audience and everybody has a wonderful time. And I guess we all get very energized and we get, uh, you know, we can't go take a nap afterwards because we're just (laughs) so
2: (laughs) hyped (laughs) up. Well, Dr. Brightman and I talked about transformative opera where, It's going through changes, but yet it stays so rooted in its beauty. Um, Talk about your interconnection with the Civil Rights Movement and LA Opera.
4: Well, I have a writing partner, Leslie Stevens and I, who have been working for a couple of years uh, in a production where we start to uh, grapple with what um, the Civil Rights Movement meant to young individuals and their participation in history, as they are going through um, 1954 to 1964 at the signing of the Civil Rights Amendment, and uh, hopefully, what we what we can do with this is allow the students who are present day touch back to um, individuals who they can reflect who they. They will experience the same, perhaps discrimination or perhaps prejudices, and we can learn how to go through this, elevate ourselves, and and really fight through this, and and find a way to step above uh, something that has been um, really. A challenge for 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 a lot of people to to surpass and and come through, and they we're hoping for some enlightenment so that well, the history can change for us in in our own lifetime.
2: Yeah, that would be wonderful. Now we actually have a few questions uh, sent in to Sharon at info. Are you both ready for a couple of questions? Surely. Yes. Okay, and you can decide between either of you who goes first. So our first question is from Samantha G. She's from San Juan Capistrano. Samantha wants to know why you've chosen opera. She says there are many forms of expression in music. She loves opera and sees it as a lifetime dedication uh, with no ending, and she wants to know why you both love it so. So maybe Stacy first?
3: Sure. Um, I, again, I love it. I grew up loving theater. I I come to it from just the thrill, the community experience of being in a theater with all those other people and having that unique moment where we're all literally our breathing is in sync and the story and those characters, whatever the story is, it grabs us, and we are there. And it, there's a there's an extraordinary kind of communion that can happen in theater, whether you're wanting to cry together or whether you're wanting to laugh together. So I came to a love of opera that way, and boy, when opera hit me on the back of the head, um, it was because it's for me it's the highest form of theater. The stakes are the highest. Um, the 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 magnificence of the emotions and the music coming together. Um, it 's sort of like boy that once you 've tasted that there 's no going
4: back
2: beautiful okay and Eli
4: i believe i okay i 'm a rather i 'm um, a rather shy individual um in normal life. <laughs> and I think what happened with me is getting the opportunity to be on stage in a in a theatrical event allowed me to to explore an alter ego that had been waiting to explode out of me. I think one of my directing teachers when I was a kid said that I was seething with intensity. <laughs> and um, the one avenue that allowed me to do this to any type of degree was opera. It, it, it's so grand. And when you're on the stage with opera singers, with an orchestra underneath you, and, the, and that support, it it really does touch you in such an intense, visceral level that um, me as this seething, intense person on the inside really got to uh, touch that part of me that in most other places in my own personal life, I I, I don't really get to touch. I, I really am a very shy and quiet individual. And so being on the stage with operas is, is really the the one art form that allowed me to open up in that way.
2: Okay, we have a few more questions. One is from Carly R. She's from Toronto, and she wants to know if, um, if you know of any studies on opera and its healing effects? Do you feel that operatic music is, in particular, healing?
3: Ooh, well, this is Stacy. I'm jumping in. Um, hi, Carly. I'm I'm a little bit of a geek on uh, and fascinated by the different studies that are uh, that that talk about the benefits. Um, of of the arts or of opera, and again, it's it's sort of you know if you talk almost about any study on arts, it touches on opera or opera is included in that because like I said, it's it's the art form that includes everything, um, and so it's interesting because there, there's been some dueling studies. Of course, a lot of folks like to to look at the arts and opera as a tool, as, again, what can it do to, you know, improve your reading or improve your math skills. And, you know, and, and there's something to be said for those, you know, going back even, remember, to the Mozart effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm also very drawn to some of the studies, for instance, coming out of Harvard um, uh, and the Zero Project, where they're looking at the power of opera, and art in a very personal transformative way that maybe what it also maybe instead of looking at it, what it can do as a tool you know how it's going to improve your SAT scores maybe what we do is we look at it for um what it does to you—literally, you as an individual who connects differently with the world—and then because you are personally transformed, then you start to transform and change the way you interact with society. And that—that's what you know—that's how you pinpoint the effect. There's also some fascinating work, um, studies being done on the benefits of group singing. Um, again, literally the health benefits of group singing. And I'm actually uh LA Opera and Eli, we're we're involved right now with a study with the Zilka Neurogenetic Institute where we are beginning to do projects where we are singing for um, uh patients for some of our elders who have memory loss or have Alzheimer's and some of the interesting benefits uh, that are seen because, again, music and the way we respond to melody is some of our oldest, most primal um, memory. Uh, you know, it, it's the most deeply embedded in our minds and our memories. And so music can go right away to the oldest parts of our, our memory. And, and, again, there's some really interesting studies. So, yeah, uh, it's an exciting time right now in terms of the lots of the different benefits of engagement with the arts.
2: Wonderful. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask this um, this last question from Antonio M. Uh, Antonio is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, he wants to know what advice uh, can you give a young artist out there who uh, is, is studying opera? Go, Eli. <laughs> that's for, I, I, I guess yeah, I'll that, put my two cents in. Yeah, that's for Eli. Uh, um it,
4: i would say that for a young artist who is coming up the ranks that um I encourage that young artist to uh, be passionate with the field and be aware that um it could be a life of being a starving artist and Um, It could be something where you would have to have a day job, and your fix for your passion, which is this art form, is done on the side, but as long as it fills your soul, then I would say, um, please continue. And there are, there are so many different levels in which one grows that I, I, I believe even our maestro, Placido uh, Domingo, would, would say that the learning continues in every professional level throughout one's whole life. And so the young artist continues to dig deeper into the realm, continues to touch onto the history, as long as your soul is filled.
2: Continue. Okay, beautiful. Uh, Stacy first, and then Eli, what is your take on why we are here? Mm.
3: Why we are here is a mystery and a blessing, and we're here to embrace the blessing and to pass
4: it on i i would say very similar yes it to me we're here because of a journey that started from infancy and we discover ourselves and we touch other people's lives through a journey whether it's going through music whether it's going through intellect and touching one's mind in 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 the specifics of life or in the art form of life it's touching one another
3: it's a gift and how are you going to share it with somebody else
2: and speaking of gifts um was there a six or seven million dollar gift from billionaire eric broad and his wife some time ago that um that placido domingo was involved with isn't that wonderful
3: uh, you mean mr Broad, eli Broad? Yes. Yeah, um, the Broads are extraordinarily generous um, philanthropists. And uh, my understanding is that Mrs. Broad, in particular, is an opera fan. So <laughs> God bless <laughs> opera fans everywhere.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Let us know how we can find uh, you, Stacy, and Eli, for contributions and donations to LA Opera. What, where can our listeners find you out there?
3: is easy to find, and I'm the only Stacy at the opera right now, so I love it. I'm, I'm lucky. So you can either uh, email me at sbrightman at laopera.org, or you can reach out to the website, um, you know, www.laopera.org, and, uh, and you can
2: find us. Wonderful. Eli, what are you working on next? Well, uh, we
4: are in the middle of our uh, in-school opera tour throughout the uh, elementary schools in L.A., and we have another week in which we continue that. And in two weeks, we open uh, at the cathedral for our off-brand production of Noya's Flood, Benjamin Britten's Noah's Flood, and uh, we'll, I'll be right in the middle of, of the flood
2: <laughs> at that point. <laughs> okay, and Stacy.
3: I'm right there with Eli side by side, um, (laughs) deep in the flood, and uh, with the school tour. We also have coming up, um, we're actually in the middle of a beautiful um, celebration of all things Figaro, so it's called Figaro Unbound. So just even in the month of March, we have free performances at Alvera Street with the Zarzuela Project and Mariachi Performing Opera. We have free performances in Grand Hope Park we have of course the the cathedral performances Um, we are all over Los Angeles um, making it easy to to come into the world of opera
2: okay and I have a question that I ask all my guests it's a little it's a little different I'm in love with the Matrix movies I Mm -hmm. hope you're familiar with them and I have one question I'll ask you first Stacy sure and then give Eli a second to even think about it do you take the red pill or the blue pill
3: Dear <laughs> well, I know that Mr. Uh, Fishburne comes to the opera sometimes, so I should be asking him that. Um, um, do I take the red pill or the blue pill? I would probably take the blue pill for comfort.
2: Okay, all right, and Eli. <sighs> I would like
4: probably take the red pill <laughs> just to have some competition with Stacy.
2: <laughs> Drama! <laughs> well, you, you two sound like you make a great team. And, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank Dr. Stacy Breitman and Eli Villanueva for joining us on Why We Are Here. We're going to take uh, another commercial break, and we'll be right back with a magnificent treat. We have L.A. Opera's charming young soprano, summer Hassan. in the meantime you'll find me on twitter at sharon isis rose and please go to isisrosecreations.com on the contact page to share with us your take on why we are here sign up to win a few gifts and prizes for being a great listener everyone stay tuned for the following announcement
0: build your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
1: Wouldn't you love to experience formidable, personal, transformational changes to highly benefit your life and those around you? Do you want to eradicate anything holding you back from living with focused clarity in a harmonious lifestyle of the highest of intent, vitality, and abundant well-being? Empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author Sharon Rose Washington is here to assist you in the revolution of your evolutionary self. In these unpredictable times, it is important to connect with one's own pure inner power base of expansive creativity. Heightened Intuition and Radiant Fulfillment To contact Visionary Sharon Rose Washington for information or to make an appointment Call 323-960-5167 Or email Sharon at whywearehere.info for a free introductory consultation For immediate empowerment coaching and energetic transformational healing services Please call 866-231-HEAL That's 866-231-HEAL It's time to celebrate the joyful life of the authentic origin you were meant to live. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches? Ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Welcome back to Why We Are Here with empowerment coach, energy healer, and visionary author, Sharon Rose Washington. If you have a question about the program or would like to share a comment, please send an email to Sharon at whywearehere.info. That's Sharon at whywearehere.info. Now, back to the show.
2: back. I'm your host, Sharon Rose Washington, and we were listening to the production of Carmen. That was spectacular. Joining us now on Why We Are Here is a young soprano opera beauty, Summer Hassan.
5: Hi. (laughs) Thank
2: you for that. That's wonderful. (laughs) Summer Hassan recently completed her master's degree at the University of Cincinnati's College Conservatory of Music under the tutelage of Kenneth Shaw. Welcome, Summer Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. We just had Stacy and Eli on, and it was wonderful. Amazing. Now, when did you first know opera was what you wanted as a career?
5: Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was such a stubborn child that pretty early on, I <laughs> I went to see... Phantom of the Opera actually with my mom in Toronto and I was hooked I looked at her during the performance and I said I want to do opera so badly and she said oh Summer this is this is a musical and I said no it's not mom it's called Phantom of the Opera so I was I was bullheaded enough to keep going with it and they they didn't know so I I joined choirs and and finally started taking voice lessons when I was 11, but choir was always a part of my life and I just fell in love and I wanted to be on the stage doing it.
2: Do you remember how old you were when you, when you were at the Phantom of the Opera?
5: I was six years old.
2: Six is an amazing age though. Yeah. Because, because I've known that usually when a child knows it's six, they follow through. They literally follow through and you did.
5: I, I absolutely did. I, I skipped all the tests in high school of where maybe I should be placed and where what, what would interest me most because I just wanted to do opera so badly.
2: Tell us about that passion, if you can even recall younger and how it's built up to where it is now. Tell us about your early introduction to the arts and the passion.
5: So my parents me in this program called um, Kinder Music, just because when I was young, you know, I have a bunch of toys lying around, and the only ones I wanted to play with were um, pots and pans that made noise. And so I <laughs> I sat on the kitchen floor and just banged out rhythms, and they said, okay, let's let's see if she wants to pursue this further. So they put me in just like little music classes where we got up and did group activities and work, and I just... I loved the sounds that were happening, and I loved, I loved hearing. I remember the first opera that they needed a children's choir in the background for uh, Faust, and I went in with the choir and we sang just a little bit of it. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand how the singers on stage were making the sounds that they were making. I mean, and how without microphones they were able to project so far. And I wanted nothing more than to, to really delve in and learn how to do that.
2: Now, as I'm listening to you, I also visualize your parents and I just get that they were supportive. How how can you, how can you translate to other parents out there how to support the child and how to see what it is that their, their vision is?
5: You know, my, my parents were absolutely 100% supportive. They, um, not to have a sob story at all, but they had, you know, um, very little money growing up and, and they were kind of dictated what to do, um, job wise. And it was, it was a limited choice. My dad's an engineer and my mom does social work now. Um, but they, they wanted me to be able to do whatever I wanted. And they wanted to, they wanted to raise a child that had a passion about something. And regardless of what that passion was, they wanted me to pursue it. So uh, from a very early age, it was, if, if I could say anything to any parent, please, please keep your child in piano. <laughs> because okay. my parents actually didn't. I I never had a problem practicing voice. I did it on my own constantly. And practicing piano was like pulling teeth. And so they finally just let me stop. And I guess that was... a a big mistake because later on in school, that was the thing I had most trouble with, but it was incredible. They were there for every step of the way. They listened to every choir concert I went to and sang at, and they, they, they in turn fell in love with opera because of me.
2: Yes, but you know what, Summer? Everything happens for a reason, and it doesn't sound like anything has held you back. You've also won several awards. Tell us about your awards, and and I want to know what it felt like uh, as, I mean, a young recipient after all your hard work and dedication.
5: Oh, my goodness. Um, so the first time um, I went to the Met competition, it was just, it was the district. Um There are multiple lever- levels for the Met. Um, there's a district one, maybe two or three are held in each state. Uh, North Carolina, I think, I think only has one. Um, and then you go to a regional level. And then if you go past that, you go to the semifinals, which is on the Met stage, um, so far I've only gotten past districts which I'm very thankful for and it was such a surprise. Um they list they they picked three winners for that competition and they announced the first two and <laughs> at that point, you know, I didn't I didn't expect anything and as soon as they said my name, I mean, I <laughs> in real life I am not a quiet person at all and I was just dead silent. And I walked there and it felt like I was in a dream. I could not believe it was happening. Um, I was shaking. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. trying to grab the award, the the piece of paper that they had, and one of the judges noticed how badly my hands were shaking and she just put her hand over mine. She goes, you deserve it. It's fine.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: As a young star, I know you have many greats that uh, you may look up to, such as Kathleen Battle or Marie Callis, who is it that you um, admire?
5: Oh, my two favorite right now oh, are Mirella Freni. Um, she's one of my idols from an early age. Um, just the passion that she invokes every time she sings. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And um, Caballé is definitely the other one. The the precision in which she sings and, and the the absolute control she has over her voice is stunning to me.
2: What do you think about when you're performing?
5: Oh, man. Um, when I'm performing, um, well, the first, not going to lie, the first the 1st five minutes are uh, terror. I still have awful stage fright. <laughs> and then I just fall into the music and I, I try so hard to become this character and make it convincing and make it. You know, depending on the situation, a lovable, relatable person that that people want to cheer for, or want to live, or want to to feel a connection with. So I try so hard to do that, and and to be honest, uh, because you know I don't know if anybody ever stops thinking about this, but a lot of times I do have to still think about technique on stage, and um, I I have to work on doing that more in the practice room and not not bringing that with me
2: now where would you most like to perform and why
5: oh man i would love to perform (laughs) let's just you know get this out of the way at the met that would be (laughs) great um (laughs) but the path there is long definitely um i've worked with wonderful companies uh la opera absolutely has been on my list and i cannot believe still that i'm here um Uh, One of the best summer programs I've ever been to was um, Opera Theatre of St. Louis and they were just such a kind, kind company and they they believe in young singers so much and to go back to that stage as a a full-time artist would be wonderful. I think it's a beautiful
2: place. Fantastic. Now I know what I feel uh, when I hear opera and I just asked you what do you think about when you're performing? Now opera, for me, it stirs up Every emotion, pretty much that i've ever felt in my life, what do you feel when you're singing summer?
5: What do I feel when i'm singing? I feel <laughs> truly, truly, I feel alive. <laughs> I get on stage and I just want to I just want to convey everything that is in the music and what the, what the composer wants, um, and I just go up there and it, it makes me I, while i 'm not quiet in real life i like i said i <laughs> I sometimes find it hard to to put into words what i 'm feeling and and music does that for you i feel, and I feel like you can sing a piece that one hundred percent relates to whatever you 're going through in life, and these people it just it just shows that problems and and things that are happening in joy and and happiness are are universal, and it's timeless.
2: Now, I don't want to put you on the spot. I had asked previously if we might be able to get a sample just to have you do something. You don't have to say yes, but could you give us a little sample of something?
5: Sure. I might have to put you on speaker and walk a a little bit away, if that's all right.
2: That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you.
5: So let me... I'm going to sing just a little... A bit of the beginning of Donde Lieta, which is an aria from La Boheme by Puccini.
2: Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Bravo. Okay, let's get you back um are you back sitting down near the mic yes, and everything? I am. Okay. Okay. That was fantastic.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Really, really love that. Do you have a favorite composer that was amazing summer? Do you oh, have a favorite composer?
5: Um I would say oh, goodness, Puccini or Verdi. Um and I need to I need to hold the reins and and, and just Wait for a bit, because in the opera world it's wonderful because unless you're unless you're eighty five they keep saying you're still a baby you're still a baby, and that makes me feel great, so they 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 want us to wait on bigger stuff like that um right now, I should be singing more Mozart, I should be singing Handel, and they're brilliant and it's wonderful um and the emotion is there, but different of course it's um more reserved in some ways. I mean, Mozart and Handel show show a range of extremes as well. But Puccini and Verdi are just so beautiful and luscious. And I just, I cannot wait to sing that rep more often.
2: Fantastic. Where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, you, you're, you're a baby. I agree, you're a baby, but your voice is powerful. Where oh, do you see okay. yourself in five years?
5: <sighs> um, I see myself either... Um, hopefully, hopefully with a manager, with an agent, um, getting me gigs around. I, I love this nomad lifestyle, um, and traveling from place to place. I, I would love to, again, have a manager so that they could secure things, maybe go to Europe for a bit. That would be wonderful.
2: Okay. And what's your take on why we're here, Summer?
5: Oh, why we're here. I think it's to to show kindness to others and to show, to show other people that it's okay to have extreme emotions and to have extreme feelings about things in your life and, and, and pursue that and to give permission to yourself to
2: shine. Summer, that's beautiful. I have one last question I ask everyone that comes on. Absolutely. I'm in love with the Matrix movies. And the question is, do you take the red pill or the blue pill?
5: Oh, no, you're going you're gonna to be so mad. I, I've seen it once so long ago. I'm just going to say blue. I'm not sure why, but it seems okay. more comforting to me. Okay.
2: Summer, thank you so much for coming on the show.
5: Thank you so much.
2: And now for my final thought. I'd like to thank my celebrated guests today of L.A. Opera, Dr. Stacey Brightman, Eli Villanueva, and Summer Hassan. I would also like to thank Gary Murphy and Robin Green for their dedicated work with LA Opera and for making this interview possible. This was a personal dream of mine. My mother sung opera early in her life. My daughter, Camia cried at six when she first heard Maria Callas sing. And my producer, Randall Libero's daughter, Sedona, is a rising opera star in her own right. Dreams do come true. A quote from the beloved Maria Callis states, An opera begins long before the curtain goes up and ends long after it's come down. It starts in the imagination. It becomes one's life, and it stays part of one's life long after they have left the opera house. We all have to take a moment to pause in wonder and to pontificate on why we are here. No life is meaningless. No breath is wasted. We are all a beautiful, intricate part of creation making life happen. Remember, the kingdom-queendom lies within. Stay rooted in Mother Earth and lifted by Father Sky as you continue to walk side by side with the ancestors and angels. Please keep me in your heart, and I promise to always keep you in mine. Have an enchanting evening. I'm your host, empowerment coach, healer, and visionary author, Sharon Rose Washington. Let's close out with more spectacular opera from the production of Carmen.
1: you've enjoyed listening to visionary author Sharon Rose Washington and her insightful luminary guest. Please join us for another powerfully transformative show next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on Why We Are Here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For questions, information, and appointments, Sharon can be reached at Sharon at whywearehere.info. Or for direct empowerment coaching and healing, call 866-231-HEAL. That's 866-231-H-E-A-L.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.